0: Good King Wenceslaus looked out on the feast of Stephen When the snow lay round about, deep and crisp and even Brightly shone the moon at night, though the frost was cruel When a poor man came in sight, gathering winter fuel This Christmas tune, sung by the Catholic singer Bing Crosby, proclaims good King Wenceslaus looked out on the Feast of Stephen. But who is this good king, and what is the Feast of Stephen? Find out on this episode of Catholic History Trek. God bless America. God love you. I want these to be my first words of greeting to you. They will be the concluding words on each broadcast. I am not the Catholic candidate for president. I am the Democratic Party's candidate for president. You've embarked on a Catholic history trek. The story of St. Wenceslaus begins with Saints Methodius and Ludmila. When she was about 14 years old, Ludmila wed Baravaj, the Duke of Bohemia, present-day Czech Republic. Baravaj was the first Czech prince to accept the Christian faith, and after the couple were baptized by St. Methodius, they set about propagating the faith throughout their pagan lands, building the first Catholic church in Bohemia, St. Clements, near Prague. The couple had two sons— Spithenev, and Vratislav. After Baravaj died in battle, he was succeeded by his eldest son, who ruled for two decades until his own death in 915, after which Vratislav assumed the rule of Bohemia. Both sons had followed their parents' footsteps as promoters of the Christian faith, but Vratislav had married a pagan, Trahomia of Luxko. Although she feigned being a Christian and may have even consented to being baptized, It was merely for appearances. She secretly remained a devout pagan. Vratislav and his pagan wife, Drahomia, had two sons, Wenceslas, known as the saint, and Boleslas, known as the cruel. In 921, Vratislav faced an untimely death in battle, but neither of his sons were of age to rule. Wenceslas was about 13, and Boleslas was only 5. So, their grandmother, Ludmilla assumed the reigns of power as regent. A few years earlier, Wenceslaus had been set to live with her and was raised in the Catholic faith, possibly to avoid the corrupting influence of his pagan mother. St. Ludmilla would only serve as regent for about half a year before Drahomia would send assassins to kill her at Teton Castle. Apparently, she was strangled to death with her own veil while praying at the castle's chapel. More on the history of Chapel Vales in episode 128. With Ludmilla out of the way, Drahomira was able to assume the role of regent and unleashed a reign of terror. She attempted to restore paganism by closing churches, prohibiting masses and catechesis, and removing Catholic public officials from office, arresting and killing those who refused to renounce their Catholic faith. She also tried and failed to convert her son Wenceslas to pagan idolatry. When Wenceslaus came of age to rule, an uprising overthrew his mother Drahomira, and he became the Duke of Bohemia. He reversed his mother's anti Christian policies, exiled her and his younger brother, re established order, and aligned Bohemia with Otto I and the Holy Roman Empire, inviting priests to help promote and spread the Christian faith. Wenceslaus was later murdered by his brother Boleslaus and Boleslaus's accomplices at a church with Boleslas himself delivering the final fatal thrust with a lance. It would seem, though, at some point, Boleslas became remorseful for his actions, as he had his brother's remains moved to the Church of St. Vitus in Prague so they could be venerated. He also named one of his sons, born on the date of the assassination, Struktvas, meaning a dreadful feast. He had this son ecclesiastically trained and it's been suggested he was appointed to succeed Adalbert as Bishop of Prague, but died before he could be installed. One of Boleslaus's daughters, Mlada, became a Benedictine abbess founding the first monastery in Bohemia. And his oldest son and successor, Boleslaus II, is known to history as Boleslaus the Pious. As for Wenceslaus. He was well-remembered for his life of virtue, his devotion to God, his vow of chastity, and his charity towards the poor. Cosmas of Prague, a priest and historian, wrote two centuries after the passing of Wenceslaus in the year 1119, But his deeds I think you know better than I could tell you, for, as is read in his passion, no one doubts that, rising every night from his noble bed with bare feet and only one chamberlain, he went around to God's churches and gave alms generously to widows, orphans, those in prison, and afflicted by every difficulty, so much so that he was considered not a prince, but a father of the wretched. The famous Christmas Carol, which highlights one of the legendary examples of the saint's charity towards the poor, was written in the year 1853 by John Mason Neal. This English Protestant who incorrectly labeled Wenceslas as a king, put his words to the melody of a 13th century tomb, Tempus Adest Floridium. Neil was born to an evangelical family in London, but converted to Anglicanism while studying at Trinity College, Cambridge. The Church of England has, on many occasions, served as something of a halfway house for those wishing to move towards Catholicism, but unable to boldly take that last step to the One Holy Catholic and apostolic Church, of Jesus Christ and his apostles. It's possible this was the case with Neil, who helped establish the Cambridge Camden Society, which ardently promoted Anglo-Catholic, or high church, Anglicanism. This movement sought to move the Church of England away from Protestantism and closer to historic Christian faith and morals, including traditional Catholic architecture and literature. Ordained as an Anglican priest in 1842, Neil was derided by his superiors as being too Catholic, for his involvement in this movement, and for establishing the Society of St. Margaret to serve the poor. Neil is a prolific writer of books and pamphlets and is best remembered for this carol, Good King Wenceslaus. As the song says, Good King Wenceslaus looked out on the Feast of Stephen. So who is Stephen? St. Stephen was one of the seven original deacons called by the apostles as recorded in Acts chapter 6. These deacons were ordained to serve the poor and widows of the early Christian community. There's some disagreement as to the meaning of his name Stephen. Some contend his Greek name suggests he was a foreign-born Greek-speaking Hellenistic Jew, but a competing ancient tradition claims this is merely a Greek equivalent for an Aramaic name found inscribed on his tomb. Regardless, his ministry seems to have been among the Hellenists, and given his able defense before the Sanhedrin, it's assumed he was likely well-studied in the faith. He was stoned to death outside of Jerusalem, becoming the first Christian martyr. His feast is held on December 26th, the day after Christmas. In the UK and other British Commonwealth countries, this Feast of St. Stephen is also called Boxing Day, a term which can be traced back to the 1830s. Boxing Day has nothing to do with two men pummeling each other inside of a boxing ring, but is often thought to have been due either, being a day when the poor boxes in churches would be emptied with the alms distributed to the poor, or possibly that box gifts were given to domestic servants on that day, since those servants had to work on Christmas, providing their employers with Christmas Day meals and the like. Traditionally, Boxing Day involved charity and hunting, but in modern times, the day is mostly spent indulging in shopping and watching sports on television. If you are like a couple of my cousins, they know who they are, and are not familiar with the song Good King Wenceslas, it is certainly worth your time to take a listen. Another thing that Kevin and I feel is worth your time is to subscribe and share Catholic History Trek. Gloria Patri, e Filio Espiritu Sancto. Sicutrat in principio nunc et semper et in secula saeculorum. Amen. Thank you for listening to Catholic History Trek. You can reach us at Trek at gmail.com.